beloved, we're going to probably finish up our Receive series, unless the Lord tells me something else next week. But this week, he told me to preach that you should sing your song. Do you have a... Was it a word given? What is it? Oh, okay. But the tongues weren't given out loud. So is it private? Okay. For now is the time and now is the season, says the Lord, to ignite with a new passion as you have never known before, a new hot passion for me. For my life is in you. For your life, I can't read my hand right. For your life was crucified with me, that I would live my life through you. In Galatians 2.20 it says, For I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So now reach the lost, Raise the dead, both spiritual and physical. Now is the time. Now is the time for Galatians 2.20. Allow me to live my life through you, and a great adventure awaits. light your fire. This week, sing your song. You know, it is important for each and every one of you to realize that your life is significant to the Lord. Regardless of your situation, your life is significant. Your life is poetry here on earth. When you're yielded to the Lord and he is working through you, your life is a song that's needed. You need to be heard. And you are poetry walking here on earth. This might sound strange to you, but you see, God doesn't just work in the physical. He is a spirit being, and first and foremost, we are spirit beings. We live in a body. We have mind, will, and emotion. But first and foremost, he created us, like him, in spirit and in truth. So when you hear messages like you're going to hear today, I'm asking you to embrace them from heavenly realms because that's from whence they come. And you see, our God, the scripture tells us that he is singing a song over every one of you. And we need to know that song. We need to tap into that song. It is a song of triumph. It is a song of victory and redemption, of hope, and of his glory. 
So don't fall asleep on me today just because you think I'm talking in a different realm or a different language. We need to tap into the language of God. We need to tap into heavenly realms. You were put here in an earth suit, but you're not meant to walk according to the carnal. You're meant to walk according to the spirit. And we prepare to receive his song sung over us by drawing close to him. Everything we can do within our power, not within our power, by the presence of the Holy Spirit, we need to press in. We need to seek his face. <coughs> because when, <coughs> excuse me, when you seek his face, when you seek him above all other things, you will walk in a glorious presence that you've never experienced before. A peace, a joy. You may be going through circumstances here on the earth where those things seem far away, where those things seem aloof unto you. But there is a peace that passes all understanding in Jesus Christ our Lord. So, this is going to be a little bit different service today because the Lord, when, I was, when he told me what to prepare, he gave me a word and then he would show me a scripture. Then he would give me some more word and then he would show me a scripture. Now, I never would have put these scriptures together, but he did. So, I'm going to be reading a lot today because a lot of what we're going to be talking about is his actual word to the people. And this is a word for those who have made the Lord Jesus their Lord and Savior. The Lord their refuge, let's put it that way. Okay? So anyway, this first part is the very first word that started this message. <coughs> Lisa Marie, I am singing songs over all of my children. Songs of deliverance and power and strength and authority and dominion and healing and redemption and protection and of my deep dwelling love for them. I sing a different song over every person designed specifically for them. It agrees <coughs> with the books that I have written about their lives. I need my children to each, each, sing their song and come in agreement with me. We need to agree with God the goodness that he sings over us because that's what he sings over you. It's goodness, triumph, victory, not defeat. All the songs put together create beautiful harmonies and a chorus of my heavenly creation. 
I need each one of my children to sing his or her song as a decree. As a decree over his or her own life and as a way to reach those who are lost. My music, the very language of heaven, reaches to the very depth, the very core of every heart. It will not fail. It is a song of victory. It will gather hearts. The time is short. I am coming soon. I need you to sing your song to gather hearts to me. I need you to sing your song in rehearsal for the marriage supper of the Lamb. I want the chambers of heaven to be filled with uncountable souls singing in mass, in unison, my love song written by me from the foundations of the earth and of time. Hallelujah. Can you feel God's love for you in that? Can you feel how important you are, how he's drawing you, how he needs you, <clears throat> how you are his implement here? So then he told me to go to Zephaniah 3.17, and of course, this is the foundation scripture of this church. And this is for those who turn their hearts to the Lord. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. So you see his word that he gave matches the written word. He's rejoicing over you with singing. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. Another translation, in his love, he will no longer rebuke you. Young's Living says, he works in his love. That's beautiful. That's how he works on your behalf, in his love. In the ESV, it says he will quiet you by his love. Hallelujah. He will rejoice over you with singing. And if you go to Strong's Concordance, the word there, gil, it's Hebrew, G-I-L, it's pronounced gil, it means to spin around under influence by violent emotion. To spin around over you under the influence of violent emotion. Can you imagine the motions of God when he is rejoicing over you? Dancing over you. 
It says, we'll rejoice over you with singing in the Rotherhams there, the singing part. It says, he will exult over thee with shouts of triumph. The ESV says, he will exult over you with loud singing. Loud singing. He's not quiet about how much he loves you. He's not quiet about his rejoicing over you. He is exuberant. He is on fire. His love for you is filled with so much passion. So I looked up what the word exalt means. Because it says, you know, exalt over thee with shouts of triumph, exalt over thee with loud singing. Listen to what in, in the 1828 Webster, listen to what it means. To leap for joy, to rejoice in triumph. This is over you, each and every one of you. You need to receive this today. To rejoice exceedingly at success or victory. To be glad above measure. To triumph, to exalt over a fallen adversary. See, in his song, it's already done. And we need to come into agreement with that. Jesus has vanquished every adversary. God sings, he dances, he rejoices loudly, exuberantly over you in victory, in triumph. Thank you, Lord. You know, it's only people who look at everything they've ever done wrong. When you've received Jesus, this is your lot. This is your new existence. So then the Lord said, go to Ephesians 3.14. For this reason, this is something to be glad over. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I ask that out of the riches of his glory, would his song be his glory over you? Would it? Think about it. Think about it. He may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. How are we going to receive his song? Through the Holy Spirit in our inner being. He, the Holy Spirit will reveal it to us. He told us we need to come into agreement with it. Okay? And we need to agree with how he sees us. The Holy Spirit will reveal to each of us the song that he's singing over each and every one of us. 17 goes on and says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts. You see, the very indwelling of Christ, so important. The very, the important thing. The very indwelling of Christ in you, flowing out of your spirit, and then out in rivers of living water and the very song of heaven. Hallelujah. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, then you, 
being rooted and grounded in love. Remember he told us it's a love song. Rooted and grounded in love, that's his love for you. That's heaven's music. That's God's song of love for you. We'll have power together with all the saints to comprehend the length and width and height and depth of the love of Christ. Key to everything. The key to everything. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. See, it goes beyond the knowledge of this world. It goes beyond, be, beyond the knowledge of, you know, our carnal thinking, the way the world does everything. There's a whole other dimension. There's a whole other life. Life in Christ, resurrected life, ascended life. Music. It is the language of heaven. That's why we worship, because worship softens hearts and allows us to enter in. It reaches places that language cannot reach, that language will never reach, that words will never reach. Music. It transcends the mind. It trans it's way above carnal thinking. It brings us the revelation of God. It transforms our hearts and softens our spirit. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's what he has for you. The fullness of God indwelling you. Your song, individual to you, God's song being sung over you, actually fills you with his fullness. Is this making sense to you today? We need to let go and let God. We need to get out of our heads. We need to sing the song that he's singing over us. We need to rejoice and be glad and sing and dance and know the love that frees us and not be captive to the bondage of religious thinking. We are in a new season, a new time. Now to him who is able to do so much more, so much more, so much more, infinitely more, those are my words. I'm not adding to the scripture. <laughs> so much more than all we ask or imagine. That's every area of your life. You don't need to settle at any point, anywhere, short of the fullness of Christ. Now to him who is able to do so much more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is work is at work within us, real, alive, dynamic. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. Hallelujah. We serve a good God. 
So then the Lord gave me another part of his word. It says, now, take my fullness in you and sing it over those you meet. It's a little warm in here. Now take my fullness in you and sing it over those you meet. In the streets, in the byways, in your coming and going, in your lying down and your rising up, take my blessing over you and sing it from the rooftops. Sing it to all who will listen. The time is short. I am coming soon. My song will reach those you did not think you could reach before. My song, the song I created for you to sing, will reach those you never thought you could reach before. My song is liquid love pouring out over the earth. It is love with correction and compassion, like only I can accomplish. And you, singing my song, the song I created for you, will minister that to the people. It will bring them into repentance. My song draws, it heals, it restores, it redeems. It is for you, the deeply rooted. It is for the lost. It is for the dying, the forsaken, the shamed, the rejected, the hurting, the shunned, the rebellious, to draw, to love, to save, to grow. To give all that my son died to give. You who are deeply rooted, you with my deep wells of love, you must sing it out. This is a call unto you, beloved. Then he said, go to Luke 5. I said, okay. One day as Jesus was, this is verse 1. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. You have a boat. You are meant to teach people. Every single person in here with the love of Christ in them, you have a boat. Get in it and teach. Sing the song. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water 
and let down the nets for a catch. He didn't just say one net. You see, we're not just to be waiting. Waiting might be good for you. It might cool you down a little bit. But we're not to be waiting. We're to put out into the deep. He has created you for deep fishing. You've been called into the deep. You've been given deep waters, deep wells, deep rivers. You are called into them of life-giving water and refreshing for the world. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. That's because they were working in their own wisdom. That's because they were singing their own song, doing their own thing, using their own brains, their own, you know, they weren't seeking any revelation. God has a way of doing things. His ways are higher than our ways, right? They're different. It's not always going to make sense. Most often, frankly, I find it never makes human sense. But because you say so, yieldedness. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. Do you see what that means? They signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. You see, remember at the beginning at the word, he said we make a chorus? This is all of us working together, doing our part. You do your part. And it all comes together in a harvest for the glory of the Lord. And help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And this is what we're after. We are called to sing such a song of love to the nations that we bring in a net-breaking, <coughs> boat-sinking harvest of men and women. The time is now. The fields are ripe. And when we sing that song, that the Lord has given us. People will repent of their idolatries. Because remember, he said he can do it with correction and compassion. That's what his love has. It has correction and compassion. It draws, his tender mercies draw people to repentance. His loving kindness. They will repent of their idolatries, they will repent of false gods, and they will turn their hearts and receive the salvation and the wisdom of the Lord. We will bring redemption, we will bring restoration through our knowledge of Christ, the indwelling of Christ in us, the Holy Spirit working in us to disciple everyone into Christ's fullness and love. Verse 8. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. You see, we have to believe. We have to believe for the harvest. That's what he was referring to. 
He's like, well, we already did that. I don't think there's any more out there. You know? Well, there's a lot more out there. There's a lot more. And we have to believe for the catch. Our God is a big God. And in him, we will do all the things that he's asking us to do. I decree that over you. Verse 9. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John and the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. So, see, we, we, we do not want to be astonished at the catch. We want to anticipate the catch. We want to agree with the catch. We want to envision the catch. Right? He wants the harvest, and when we minister his love, that harvest is coming. His plans will come to pass. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people, men and women. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. You see, we need to do the same. We need to, it is time to press into Jesus. Seek his presence like never before. Spend time worshiping. Spend whatever, whatever he directs you to do. Whether that's fasting, prayer, thanksgiving, worship, the word. Wow, he's given us so much. Verse 27. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Just like that. No sacrifice too big. No request. Too difficult. Right? Actually, there is no sacrifice. Because anything that you think you're sacrificing for the Lord is just a blessing in return to you. You'll never sacrifice, really. I mean, we use that word. The scripture uses that word. But if you really think about it, nothing that you ever do for the Lord is a sacrifice. And he'll make sure of that. Verse 29. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. Who are you? You're the temple of the Lord, aren't you? So wouldn't your heart (laughs) be a banquet for Jesus? Isn't that what we want? Don't we want our hearts to be a banquet for Jesus? Just like, come on in. Just like, hey, find your pleasure here. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees, those are the religious thinking people, you know, he calls them some not-so-nice names. (coughs) But the Pharisees, And the teachers of the law, legalism, non-Holy Spirit thinking, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect. Do Do we all understand in here there is no sect in Jesus? There are no denominations in Jesus. We are one church. We are one body. We are all loved, the same. And divisions are unacceptable. We are 
one church. We are going to be worshiping as one at the wedding supper of the Lamb. So you might as well just start doing it now and get rid of all the differences and focus on Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belong to their sect complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come to call the righteous, not, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Hallelujah. We love everyone. We disagree with sin. We love everyone. So then the Lord gave me another portion of the word that he wanted us to hear today. I mean, his word, okay? I'm just trying to help you understand where I am <laughs> in the message. You who have called upon my son, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received your righteousness from me. You're blessed. You're blessed. You who know my love, wow, you're blessed. You who know my love must sing out to those who yet need to know me. I have created you to be uniquely you. I have given you a place in my body. I have given you gifts, unique ways of expression, the song only you can sing. It is you, uniquely designed and created by me, whom I need to reach only those you can reach. You see, there are going to be people that only Linda can reach. Only Don, only Rich, only every one of you. It is you, uniquely designed and created by me, whom I need to reach only those you can reach. You are important. You are my special vessel my special instrument, my special voice, you are necessary. Listen to what he said next. This really struck me. Well, God always strikes me in a good way. But this just really struck me because I never thought of this this way before. When I said you are a peculiar people, I was calling forth your special attributes and qualities and characteristics into being that are necessary to reach the world for me. Wow. Will you ever look at that, at that, um, scripture the same again? 
when you read that you are a peculiar people, are you going to stop and understand that that was the Lord calling things into being that only you can do? That's only written in your story. It's only written in the books he's written about you. We must not shrink back at this moment in time. He has written books. He has sung a song over each one of you, and it is to his glory. And what shall I say? Our pleasure to sing it forth. When I said you are a peculiar people, I was calling forth, I was calling forth. He spoke the world into being with his words. He called forth all existence. He called you forth. When I said you are a peculiar people, I was calling forth your special attributes and qualities and characteristics into being that are necessary to reach the world for me. Let your peculiarities ring out, birth, burst forth in song for me and for my glory. My glory in you ringing forth to blast into this earth, shattering every darkness, every foe, melting every resistant heart into the knowledge of my love for them. Wow. What a proclamation we are proclaiming when we sing his song. Sing your song of my victory. Trumpet my triumph for all to hear. So then he said, go to Romans 5.8. This is NIV. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And in the Aramaic, here, God demonstrates his love for us because if when we were sinners, the Messiah died in our place. In your place. If he took your place, what shame do you have to bear? What's the answer, please? None. He took your place. God sees him in your place. He died to make that so. What greater victory could there be? What greater triumph could we have? What greater message could we be to those around us? How much love is that? How much love is that? Hallelujah. Beloved, when you go forth in his song, you are disaster-proof. 
He told me to tell you that. You're disaster proof. He died. He took your place. When the enemy comes, he sees Jesus. In Christ, you can stand against every attack, every foe, every demon spirit, every confusion, every storm, every persecution. So someone makes fun of you because you're not doing what they're doing because they want to take you into darkness? Well, just laugh at them. Don't give in. Don't give in. We allow his song, peculiar to each one of us, peculiar to each one of us, to usher forth on our lips, out of our spirits, rivers of heavenly music, rivers of heavenly music, bringing his glory to earth. Did you hear that? Bringing his glory to earth. So then he told me, go to 1 Samuel 10, verse 6 and 7. I read this and I thought, wow, Lord, you are beyond description. 1 Samuel 10, 6. This is NIV. 84. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power. You and you will prophesy with them. And you will be changed into a different person. Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do, for God is with you. Hallelujah. Get it? Get it? <laughs> awesome. Do whatever your hands find to do, for God is with you. You will prophesy. You will be changed into a different person. The glory is not new. It's whether we choose to receive it or not. He's always been singing songs over you of deliverance, of victory, of triumph, with great exaltation, great exaltation, dancing, singing over you. He told us we need to come into agreement with that. That is what's going to bring the change to this earth that the earth needs. The glory has never been short. It's not that it hasn't been poured out. I don't even like to hear that. A new outpouring. That's the wrong way to look at it in my... the way the Lord speaks to me about it. It's whether you're going to tap in. It's whether you're going to sing the song that he created over you and has been singing over you forever since the beginning, the foundations of the earth, before you were born. Do you see what I'm saying? 
This is a dimension that we just need to step into. Does that make sense? All right. That's what the Lord told me to share today. So we're going to receive our tithes and take communion. If anyone doesn't have communion cup,